Welcome back to Defy the Odds podcast. I think this is episode 10 or 11. I don't know anymore, but I got my good friend, Mr. Luke Hessler, somebody that I looked up to uh, a long time ago, still do, uh, a family man, recently uh, married, and a brand new baby girl, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, and somebody that I look up to, especially in the branding and social media world. He really helped me get my Instagram looking better over the past couple of years. Luke, bro, how are we doing? How are we feeling? I'm better now that I'm on with you, Mike. Thanks for having me, brother. Bro, it's been uh, it's been too long. I haven't seen you since probably that cruise we went on, maybe something like that. That was a um, good time. <laughs> dude, well, well, fill me in. I, I mean, I'm going to ask you a question I haven't asked on the podcast. Bro, why should people listen to you and this podcast over the next couple minutes? What makes you qualified? I can, I'm going to talk about you. Don't worry. But what makes Luke Hester qualified to give some opinions? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'll start with this. Is that I'm just... I'm just a normal person, you know, a small town kid from from northern Michigan. Had big yep. dreams, big goals, big aspirations, and just had the balls to go for it, quite frankly. When I was 19 years old in college, <laughs> I saw people that were making a lot of money that were young, and I said, hey, if they can do it, I can freaking go out there and do this. So I put my head down, and for the last decade, I've been grinding as a digital entrepreneur um, over the last decade done i think like 50 or 60 million dollars in online yeah. sales total now across a variety of industries um i have been blessed to be able to speak on some cool stages you know shared stages with like gary v and rob yeah. Bob proctor robert kiyosaki and some really cool individuals like that um in the branding space now you know i've been in that space for about a half a decade um i've worked with professional athletes i've worked with celebrities i've worked with nine-figure entrepreneurs um my agency now has i think um we've served over almost like approaching 1500 different clients now um wow. and so you know for me i've I've just been able to figure out how to how to get out of the system, you know, out of the nine to five. I think that it's a trap. I think that the 40-40-40 plan is a lie that's been sold to yeah. us. And I broke out of it when I was 19 years old and I've stayed broken out of it. And so if you're someone on here that's looking to, you know, be able to gain freedom from the freaking system, then yeah. maybe you can take a couple things from me because I definitely don't know it all. But I've learned a couple things that have worked based on the results that I've seen. And hopefully I can I leave a few clues for some people that are watching. Man, I love you. Get me fired up. Let's go. Let's talk about this this system because I think right now, uh, going into we can we're not going to talk too much about politics, but next year is an election year. Yeah. We know there's going to be agendas and narratives promoted, which we're cool with because we can think for ourselves. Um, but talk about what personal development did from a perspective of like the system. People that mm. have personal development and versus people that are not personally developed, they see the system in different angles, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that we're diving into this first. Fantastic. All right. So this is what I think. This is what I think. I, I think that for me, personal development taught me how to think versus yeah. what to think. Because when you grow up in the system, that's what it is. They don't teach you how to think. They teach you what to think. That is what everything is incentivized. That is what the entire structure is. Yeah. It's how good are you at memorizing, regurgitating information. And those are considered the quote unquote smartest people on the planet, which is complete BS, right? Yeah. Real intelligence in this world. I forget who made the quote, but I heard it from Bob Proctor. He says that the illiterate of the 21st century aren't going to be those who can't read or write, but those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. And that's the secret is you have to be able to reevaluate all of your beliefs in life and be able to critically think for yourself. Because the reality is that the system doesn't want you to win. There, this is a, a hyper-competitive world that we are living in. And the people at the top 
are winning and they want to continue to win. And so therefore they've created a system that supports them. And if you do not break out of that and learn how to think, which again, I think personal development is a really, really big part of, then you're going to be a cog in that system for a long time. Okay. This is a, we're going to, I'm going to ask you this question. I want to answer. Do, do you think the people that have the titles, the presidents, the prime ministers, do they make the decisions or do you think there's something above that, that makes the decisions? In the system. I, yeah, I personally, and of course, this is speculation. I'm not sitting down with these people. I'm not talking yeah. with them every day, right? But I personally believe that there is a massive hierarchy. And I think the people that really make the decisions in this world, we don't even know about them. I mean, I'll just give a couple right. examples here. I mean, if you look at like, let's just say like the, the Federal Reserve, for example, the whole central banking system yeah. in itself, you don't know, it is privately owned, right? Like the, the Federal Reserve <laughs> yeah. is as federal as Federal Express, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it is a privately owned corporation by human beings like me and you, but no one has any clue who the freaking yeah shareholders are we we have no idea who these people are and so the federal reserve is loaning money to our government so our government the u.s government yep. the most powerful government on the planet is in debt to a private <laughs> corporation and what's crazy about this private corporation is that they printed the first money in existence and then loaned it to our government at interest. So you think about this. All right, I create yeah. the first dollar and I give it to you, but now you have to pay interest on that dollar. How are you going to pay interest on that dollar? Well, I got to give you another dollar to cover the interest on the first one, but then there's interest on the second one. So it's a perpetual yeah. debt system where it's literally impossible to get out of debt. And, and, and there's a quote by, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to get too into dropping names, you know, but some very powerful people like one of the Rothschilds, yeah. for example. Um, yeah. and they said that he's like, give me the, give me the, give me control of a nation's money supply. And I care not who writes the laws. And when you see people like that making quotes like that and you look at the system, it's mm. hard to think that those people don't have a say in what's going on. <laughs> oh, bro. And, and look at like what Jerome Powell, right, head of the Federal Reserve is doing now with interest rates. Right. I mean, we're at what, like five and a half points on paper, but like, you know, housing and mortgages, those are like eight, nine, ten. That's what like some good credit too. most people don't got good credit. Uh, this is not a credit commercial. We're not talking credit on here, but. How do, how is the average family like literally think about this? How is the average family right now like surviving? Like, what do you think? Credit cards? That just hit a trillion dollars or yeah How? yeah i mean I, I think it's i think it's credit cards i think it's i think they're not really surviving you know i i think it is so yeah. difficult for the average person to go out there and succeed i mean i honestly like i have a massive heart for those people like we just had our first child yeah. you know and i think of like what how hard it is for us to raise a child you know and like my wife can be a full-time yeah. mom and like these things and like i work yeah. from home right it's like imagine being a single parent like a single mother sure. trying to raise two kids working you know minimum wage like i, I just i really frankly yeah. don't understand how they go and live I, I salute like all the people that are going through that um so let's talk about like the solution there's people listening to this all around the world thousands of people are going to hear this day one uh what, what is the solution let's talk a little bit about like maybe mm. building themselves up as a person so like what could somebody do to build the interior of themselves is it personal development is it going to events mm. what what do you think that's a really really good question man and i think that we live in a really unique time where we have an unprecedented 
like unprecedented access to information. You know, like we yeah. can go on YouTube and you can see billionaires like Ray Dalio who have now committed the second half of their life to sharing with you all of the principles that made them a billionaire. You can see people like Alex yeah. Ramosi, who's 33 years old or 32 years old worth $200 million laying the blueprint of how he went out yeah. there and made $200 million at 33 or whatever the heck he is, right? And so I think that the, right. the first commitment is acknowledging that it's possible. I think a lot of people have been, mm. have been you know, program to believe that you have to be special you have to be born in a certain family or you have to cheat to get to the top and that's just frankly not true we live in an age where anybody with a laptop or wi-fi can go and make a million dollars online truthfully you really really can and if you don't actually believe that you can do that then you're always going to be stuck in the prison of poverty not because you're actually stuck there but you're in a mental prison to which you actually hold the key and so you have to first unlock that and have the awareness that it's possible once you have found that it's aware that you're aware that it's possible, then the next thing you do is you have to start to go and develop skills. You have to find people who have the results that you want and you have to go and learn from them, right? I think one of the most simple skills to learn is selling. If you actually learn how to sell, you can make money anywhere in the freaking world. You will always be valuable in this economy because there's always going to be stuff to sell. And now in this digital world, you can become like a digital closer or a digital setter where you can work with companies, you can do high ticket sales and you can make a crap ton of money from that. Then once you learn how to sell, you can learn how to recruit other salespeople and learn how to build a team and an organization and you can start to go and grow. And so I think Mm -hmm. the focus is, you know, after you realize it's possible, you invest in like what I've heard is called like the SME 500 and that's your own personal development, your own skills. You mentioned events, books, YouTube videos. I think joining networks of individuals is important. Network marketing is what changed my life because I was oh. it joined a network of people that had a vested interest in my success. I was introduced to marketing and, 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 and leadership and, and sales. And I've taken those skills and applied it across a variety of platforms. So I think um, those are some of the things that, that people would need to do to start heading down that path. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me, here's the rebuttal. I don't have a lot of money, Luke. How, how do I do this? Where do I go? It's a great question. What do they do? It's a great question because I didn't have any money when I started either. You know, I was 19 years old at Michigan State University and I was thousands of dollars in debt because I'd gotten three minor in possessions of alcohol in one year and owed a crap ton of money to lawyers. And so I, uh, I, I didn't have any money when I started either. But the cool thing is that you can freaking find the money, you know, like to be able to go out there and start a business. Like for me, I'll just take my story. For example, I needed $600 to be able to get into my business that I started. And so I got a $600 loan. That is how I got started in the business. And then I did the work to make that money back and then plus some. And then I turned a $600 loan, you know, into a business in two and a half years that was making me, you know, a quarter million dollars a year. And so we have access to credit. You have access to people around you. I mean, and here's the other thing is like, let's say it takes 600 bucks to start a business. You can also go and freaking work your butt off, get an extra job, do an extra thing and just put some money aside to get there. I think it's, it's a, it's a hustle. It's a mentality. Like you have to be willing to do what others won't now, if you want to live like others can't later. And the problem is most people just aren't willing to go that extra mile and make the sacrifices that they really need to, to win. Yeah, I think it's like a desire. It's like if you have the desire, you're gonna find the six hundred or the six thousand, sixty thousand. You know, I think right now in twenty twenty three, as we're recording this, I think there is a systematic message of comfort. Just yeah, get settle for the average husband or the average wife or the average job and you know, you'll be okay. So like what are your what speak to the people listening right now 
on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on Spotify, everywhere, they're a little comfortable. Like, how do they get out of that comfort zone? Mm, mm. So this is what happened with me, okay, is that I think that if you really want something, like I, I, I truly believe this, that if you are, if you truly want something and you say that and you put that out to God, God will like give you little nudges, yeah. you know, first he'll like kind of like tap you on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you should probably go and do this. Then, you know, he'll kind of shake you a little bit and then he'll like really shake you. And eventually if you don't change, he'll kick you in the freaking nuts. All right. Until you change, because when yeah. the pain <laughs> of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, then you freaking change. And that's just what happened to me. I always yeah. knew I needed to get my stuff together. I needed to get it straight. But it wasn't until I got freaking three MIPs in the matter of a year and was like blackballed by my family. I was failing out of college. I was on academic probation. I just, I hit the lowest low that I possibly could go and yeah. get. And that is what caused me to go out there and, and change. And so it's like, there's really only two options because if you stay on the same path with the way the economy is happening, there is going to be the have yachts mm. and the have nots. Okay. And if you get to the yeah. point where you can't make payments on your house, when you can't put food on the table for yeah. your children, when you can't go do that stuff, you're going to get yep. into it. You're going to get that desire and you can wait that long if you want. Or you can yeah. have a little bit of foresight to realize that, yo, this is the direction I'm heading. And you can start to take that, that you can take responsibility of now. And you can say, you know what? Enough is enough right now. But I think, I think you got to get pissed. I think, I think it was, um, it was, I think it was Malcolm X. He said, what you don't hate, you tolerate, right? Yeah. What you don't hate, you tolerate. And if you don't hate your circumstances right now, you will continue to tolerate them. And, um, and you got to get that fire within you somehow, some way. Bro, it's so crazy because like I was just in Europe. I was there for like almost two months. Spoke to about 10,000 people. We did like 50 events. And mm. at every event, I said, okay, two questions. Are the cost of things going up in this country, in Czech, in uh, Norway, in Sweden, right? Everything's going up, inflation. Mm. And then I asked the second question. I said, are people making more money or the same amount of money? What was the average answer? The same amount. But in reality, they're making less because the inflation is robbing them. So that comfort, right. like what Luke just said, is going to wreck so many good people over the next couple of years. We're seeing housing continue to rise, inflation, even when inflation comes down, it's coming down right now on paper, but it's still a major problem. And I think the only solution is earning more income. Because yes. what did Grant Cardone say? I agree with some things he says. When your income exceeds your debt, right? Your, your debt goes away. So you have to make more money. So let's let's transition this. How do people make more money from social media? There's everybody's an influencer these days. You can now buy your blue check mark for $10 a month. <laughs> How do people leverage social media? And okay, let's ask why should people leverage social media? First question. Yeah, so I'll um I'll say two things. So number one is the why, and that is is because we are moving into an attention economy. Okay, so we are moving into an attention economy, and this is something that has always been the case. But the interesting thing is that now the average person can compete in this economy. And I'll give an example. You know, it was like when people, when our parents woke up in the morning, you know, they read the newspaper, and then they drove to work and they listened to the radio, and then when they got home, they watched TV. And so where were all the advertising dollars going? They were going into yeah. newspaper ads 
ads, radio ads, and television commercials because that is where that's where people's attention was at. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, where is everybody's attention at? It's staring freaking at their phones, following people on social media and on Instagram. So this is the new attention economy. The interesting thing yeah. is that on TV in the past or on radio, you know, only the, the celebrities were able to get on that and capture some of that attention and take advantage of it. But nowadays, anybody who is willing to consistently create content and put out value into the marketplace over an extended period of time can actually earn some of that attention and get a small little piece of that economy. And what's so interesting about it is you don't need millions of followers, right? You only need some dedicated people that really are committed to what you're doing. And it doesn't matter if it happens in a day or if it happens in a decade. The reality is that if you are consistent with it and you will continually put this out there over time, you will begin to build a following. You will begin to do it. And there are, of course, strategies and techniques to learn to do it faster and resources and all of these things. But if you can commit to that, then you can start to participate in this attention economy and you can really start to to win, you know, and and frankly, if you don't do that, it's going to be really hard to compete with the people who do. Yeah, it's like consumer or producer. Like, which one do you want to do? Consumers spend the money. Producers get 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 paid the money. Um, That's now, right. people are going to ask. Like, there's all these platforms, okay? Now you have Twitter that became X. You have Threads now, uh, Facebook, TikTok. Like, what's your advice? Like, should people be focused on all of them? Should they focus on one or two? What's, like, the angle when they're focusing on Facebook versus Instagram? Is it's different? What are your mm. thoughts? Yeah, really good question. So uh, I think that just like whenever you're like starting, if you're starting from scratch, right? Like just like if like I have a buddy of mine, I just came back from his beach house. He was, his name's David Road and he lost 400 pounds or he lost 200 pounds. He used to be 400 pounds, right? And he helps people with these transformations, like to help lose hundreds of pounds. And it's like a lot of these people, when they start their transformation, they try to go to the gym and then perfect their diet and try and do like all these things all at once. And they fail really quickly because they go from over here to over here, one extreme to another extreme, and they can't be consistent. And consistency is what actually causes the transformation. And I see this exact same principle in branding and in building a a, a personal brand on social media is that people go from making no content to wanting to put out content on every single platform in every single way and every single thing. And and they go from zero to a hundred and it's just so much that they can't stay consistent with it. And so what I tell people is like in the very beginning, if you aren't doing anything, start with just something, okay? Just post one thing on one platform and realize you're not going to die. Okay. It's like, okay, cool. I did that. Now let's post something on some platform consistently. Okay. And now after you go and do that, then you start to build off of that. And you start asking, well, what platform do I want to use? Well, you have to ask yourself, what's your natural modality of communication? You know, if you're more of someone who likes taking pictures, Instagram is going to be the move for you. If you're someone that's more into like the short firm contacts and little thoughts, you know, maybe it's Twitter or threads. That's going to be the move for you. If you like making videos, then maybe it's YouTube. That's where you want to go, you know? And so it's like, there isn't really necessarily a right or a wrong or one's better or worse. It's about figuring out like, what do you genuinely like? enjoy how what is your best modality of like communication that you feel the most comfortable with and then you find the platform that supports that and then your first goal is just post on that platform every day for a year and that's it if you can actually just achieve that simple goal then from there you will start to build and you'll grow and and everything will start to take care of itself bro i think that's it people just got to start and you don't need a team and hire people and all these cameras and stuff just start somewhere and like you're, we're seeing like people make a reel or a TikTok and their life changes because like one thing goes viral 
And I love what Gary Vee says is like one is a greater number than zero. It's just one eyeball to see that. Hey, I want to join your team. Hey, I want to do business with you. Hey, you know, your, your thing goes viral and, you know, P Diddy or somebody influential sees your content and they're like, Hey, we'll pay you a hundred grand to make a video drinking this drink or whatever. So yeah, you just got to start now. Let's talk about the rebrand, right? Twitter to X. What, what are your thoughts on that? Cause that's pretty interesting. Um, and do you think Elon is going to fight Mark Zuckerberg as well? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does. I think that'd be amazing. That would be that'd be way better than any Jake Paul fight that I've seen, dude. I would pay a lot of money to go to I'm that one. So, that would be the best. Um, so you. I hope he fights him personally. <laughs> I, I, I'm nervous for 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 him. I'm not going to lie. It looks like Zuck's been training for a while, and I think Elon's just getting into yeah. this game. So I'm a little nervous for him, but I hope <laughs> yeah. the fight happens. Um, and then in regards to the rebrand, you know, I am, um, I mean, frankly, I think it's, I mean, it's hard for me to say that Elon Musk made a mistake cause he's the richest man on the planet and he freaking wins with everything that he does. Yeah. Okay. So it's hard for me to say that, exactly. but I will say creating a complete rebrand of something that has built over like over the decades, like a, br- like a brand is so hard to build, you know? And it's like, and it, and it yeah. takes, I mean, we talk, I've seen you, I thought, I think you posted this like today, I think it takes like a lifetime to build in a second to lose. Right. And so like that one second is when you go from Twitter to whatever it is now. And so now that's yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Now it's building a whole new brand with X that no one has freaking any clue what it is. I mean, I saw a buddy of mine who um who posted this story and uh, he had a subscription going out to X for nine ninety nine and his girlfriend was like pissed like what what are you spending nine ninety nine for X you know there's like, only one X there's only one there's only one X. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's only one X. Trust me, babe. It's 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 good. You know, it's like I don't know. So Stop point my ex is, girlfriend, I swear. Yeah. Stop my- <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's thinking it's like an only fancy. Whatever. Point being is that I think that the <laughs> rebrand it's going to be questionable, but at the same time, his vision for it is really unique. Like he wants to turn it into like the everything app, not just like what Twitter was. He wants it to be yeah. like everything. I heard him talk about being like a global payment solution, like really, really wild stuff. And so it's like, in order to create something completely new, maybe he does have to start from scratch in the bottom and restart. And if anyone can pull something like that off, um, I I guess it's going to be Elon Musk. So time will tell. I think think he wants to do like, you know, WeChat in China, they already have that. Like you do everything, grocery shopping, you could buy crypto there. I mean, everything is literally in WeChat. So that was his vision, though. I mean, you saw that picture where he's, like, holding that little card, like, X.com that he bought, like, in the 90s. Yes. So that, that's wild that this is all coming back to fruition, and now he owns all these companies and is the richest man in the world. Um, okay, nice. so Twitter, now X, great. Threads comes out, right? Instagram, they drop threads. Similar. Usage is down, what, like, 60 70%? Yeah. Should people pay attention to that, or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, my thought is that there's always an opportunity for um, attention arbitrage, you know, like whenever a new social media comes out, they already, they always artificially inflate the reach that you will go out there and have and your ability to grow a page because they want to get users. And then what happens is when they have a certain number of users, they cut your organic reach and make you pay for stuff, right? You saw that on Twitter, you saw that on TikTok, you see that on everything. That's, that's the play. Um, and so I think right now it's really new and it's, is an opportunity to kind of gain some of that like arbitrage and yeah. get a following on it. And if you are one of the creators that's putting stuff out there consistently, I think there's an opportunity that's there. Um, I think that it is also a very, 
um, a little bit insidious of a move, but also a wise move where you cannot delete threads without deleting your Instagram, which is crazy. That's crazy. And so, so the usage is going to be down, but like the downloads is not going to go down because no one wants to delete their Instagram. So, um, that was an interesting move on Zuck's part, but, um, but yeah, that's that's on that. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's cool. I think, uh, you can recycle content, right? It's something that uh, I do sometimes we'll take like this one podcast and it'll be on YouTube shorts and TikToks and reels and it, it'll be used in so many different avenues. Yep. Um, and if you have the ability to recycle content, I think it's cool. It's also cool to like go back. Like I think Facebook's never going to go away because the Facebook memories hold us hostage. Isn't yes. it cool? You ever go through your Facebook memories? You're like, dude, what the hell was I doing 12 years ago? Oh, then this is where I joined network marketing. Oh, wow. That was speaking two years ago with Eric Thomas. This is pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, Facebook memories is a definitely a side tip. Go back and look at that. I take some of that that old content and I'll repost it today. I reposted something on my Facebook from four years ago that had a really good post. Um, a little side note there. Uh, last couple of questions. It's it's smart, right? Smart yeah. idea. You, you approve really that? Really smart. No, it's really yeah. smart. And also, it's a great way to like reconnect relationships too. Like in memories, if you like saw something you did with someone you haven't talked to them in a while, screenshot right. it, send it to that person. Do that. Great way to restart relationships and restart conversations as well. That's dude. That's very true. I haven't thought about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some notes on that after this podcast. <laughs> um, all right, last couple of things here. Uh, brand new father, right? Congratulations again, bro. Thank you. Having a child is different than not having a child in your daily business, entrepreneurship, lifestyle, right? So does Luke Kessler believe in balance? Yes or no? And maybe give an example of how life is a little bit different when you have kids and and you're building something for your kids as well like in that same process. Yeah, yeah. Really good question. Um, So I think the cheat code to it is having an amazing wife. (laughs) That's the secret because I think that someone needs to be focusing on the kid all the time. Okay. That is really important. Um, I think that... I think that it's not going to be me all the time. And so there's only a couple options. You either pay for a babysitter or an IE or like somebody come in and watch your kid while you and your wife go and work, or you have a wife that's down to freaking be an amazing mom, you know? And I got really lucky to have a wife that's passionate about motherhood. That's what she does. You know, she still does some like side stuff on social media. She helps with the agency, does things here or there, but like her primary responsibility is, you know, being the, the, the CEO of our child, you know, basically the CEO of the the freaking of the family, you know, and, and, and my job is I'm like the shareholder basically, you know, she's there for the day to day stuff. But like, if I have opinions, you know, these things are being heard and it's, it's taken into consideration in the day to day of how things are going. Right. And, um, and that's kind of how we, how we run it, you know, and it's been, um, it's been amazing. I will tell you, it has reinvigorated my, my desire for, for success. Mm -hmm. Um, it has given me a new reason to go and get, become better. You know, I found myself getting a little complacent. I gotta tell you, don't be complacent, but I mean, I fall into the, I'm a human, right? Like we all kind of go through these seasons, right? And you have to find new motivations and reasons to get going again. And for me, it was a huge why. Another really interesting takeaway is that I was a little resistant to having a child. I always wanted to be a dad. I always wanted to do that. But I also associated like having a kid with like, like giving up freedom, you know, and I didn't necessarily want to give up, you know, the freedom, you know, and those things. But, um, I will say like, I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel like I only gained and it's like, it's really difficult for me to actually like 
think back to what life was like before this, um, it's, 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 it's insane. You know, it really, really is. Um, and it, and it has just really transformed a lot of different areas, bro. So if anyone is considering being a father, all right, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I the person who can raise a child? And if the answer is yes, you should freaking do it. And if the answer is no, you should freaking do it because it's going to make you become the person that you need to be to raise a freaking child because it'll get your butt in gear. That's for dang sure. We're going to see like the YouTube comments and like the statistics of like new babies born after they listen to DeFi the Odds podcast probably increased because of Luke Hessler. So that that's really exciting. We're literally about to make the population go up from this. That's we need that's it. amazing though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, agenda, all that stuff. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> last two questions here. Okay, um, personal life challenges, business challenges challenge shows up right is it a problem is it a situation that has a solution you know people are listening right now they might be in a challenge or in a problem quote unquote um how can they get through that and how do, how do you get through some challenges that show up in your life yeah really good question so i'll steal this one from like tony robbins he says the biggest problem you have is you think you shouldn't have problems <laughs> Um, that, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is, that is life. All right. There's going to be freaking problems. And, um, and so you have to accept that. And there's only two things that you can do is like, you can, number one is you can let your problems become bigger than you. And, you know, it can be a really stressful existence and you can just continually be blaming, you know, outside circumstances for why you haven't got to where you're at. And, you know, some of those things may be justified, you know, or the other option is that you can become bigger than your problems. You know, for me, I, I reframe yeah. them. You know, I, I believe that in every tragedy lies within it in an equal opportunity. And so what I try and do whenever I have a problem is I try to find the opportunity that's in it, you know? I think that um, every I, there's a there's a, a principle by Ray Dalio, and I just posted this actually on Threads the other day. It says pain plus reflection equals progress. And so when you experience pain in your life, when you have a problem in your life, and then you get through that, and then you truly reflect on how you got through that. Now you have a formula, you have an algorithm for how to actually use that, how to get through that problem in the future, anytime that that comes up. And a lot of times, like we kind of experience similar things just in a little bit different ways. And so if you can start to like actually have the self-awareness to document how you deal with problems, you can almost create this like formulaic out like formulaic approach to how to deal with various circumstances. And then there are no longer any problems, right? I mean, think of it this way. It's like, if someone comes to you and like you look, or if you're driving in your car, you know, you run out of, like you have a little gas light that comes on and says you need gas. Like, Oh, that's a problem because if I keep driving, like I'm not, I'm going to run out of gas, but it's not really a problem because you know how to solve that. You just go into a gas station, you click the button and you fill it up with gas, right? So only the only problems that really stress us out are when we don't know the solution yet. But the reality is that there is a solution to every problem. So if you just experience yeah. a problem, it's an opportunity to discover a new solution, a new principle that can help you navigate your way through life. And um, and when you start to look at it this way, it's it's really helpful. I mean, I remember when I started um, my first business, this was my mindset. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, if I just figure out what doesn't work enough times... I eventually yeah. figure out what works. And there's that famous story with Thomas Edison, right? He's getting interviewed by the, by the, by the reporter who's like, you failed tens of thousands of times on trying to, to invent this incandescent yeah. light bulb. Like, why didn't you quit? And he looks at it and he's just like, you'll see, that's the difference between you and me. I never mm -hmm. failed. I successfully figured out what didn't work 
10,000 yep. times, you know, and that is the, that is the difference is that life is a journey. And if you realize that you are going to have problems, but you embrace those problems and you, you realize that it's, it's all about figuring out how to get better and how to navigate through them. It changes the way that you look at things. It changes the way you think, the way you feel, and it changes the results that you have within your life. And bro, that's why you're winning, why you've won, why you're going to continue to win because that perspective. And if you're listening, a perspective you can adopt and you can just learn from other people. And that's what Luke has done and what we're doing. Uh, it doesn't matter the challenges you're going through. There's a solution. And think about all the things that you've overcame, like all the all the people that tried to like kill you, maybe not physically, but all the things that you've overcome in your life. And if you got through that, you're going to get through whatever season you're in. I right, bro, last question. This podcast, we're bringing people that have defied the odds, obviously. I'm going to ask you a question on that in a second. People that sure. have become top, not only income earners, but that have gone against the masses, gone against the grain, and made it to that smaller percentage in their field. So when I say defy the odds, last question, what, what does that mean to Luke? Defy the odds. What does that mean to Luke? Hmm. The first thing that comes into my mind is uh, is a quote that I live by. It says, you know, you observe the masses and you do the opposite. Um, I believe yeah. that in life you can have, be, or do anything that you want in this world, literally anything that you want in this world, as long as you're willing to put in the freaking work and you believe that you can actually yep. go out there and have it. And so for me, defying the odds is the idea of being able to just make a dream come true. Whatever your dream is, maybe your dream is to become a school teacher. Maybe your dream is to become a doctor. Maybe your dream is to become a dentist. Maybe it's to be a freaking professional athlete. Maybe it's to be a superstar entrepreneur. Like maybe it's to be a speaker. I don't freaking know what it is, but yeah. the reality is that it is possible. And I believe that you can go and make it happen. And so the process of going and making a dream happen, manifesting that dream into reality, to me, that is what defines defying the odds means. And I believe that every single person on the planet has the ability to do that because we were born in God's image. We are creators in this world and you have been lied to about your potential. All right. You look yep. in the mirror, you have royal DNA in you. You can do it, you know? And it's just, if people understood that, um, we would live in a, in a much more beautiful society. So I hope this wakes more people up to that. Bro. I love it guys. This is on all platforms. Make sure you share this. We're going to put Luke's information down below in the comments and all that stuff. Make sure you guys shoot him a follow. And uh, Luke, bro, I appreciate you. I'm going to have you back again. Um, hopefully you accept the invite. <laughs> <laughs> I will, brother. We'll dive, we'll dive more into the, uh, the systems of this world yeah, and discuss how people can it. navigate through it. It'll be fun. Bro, I love it. Well, tell Maddie I said hello and uh, the baby. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to see you soon. Have a great all rest right. of your day. Appreciate you for having me, man. Take care. Bye, right, guys. See you later.